The Bible Study Podcast, episode 361. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 19. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with Psalm 19 today, which is a favorite psalm, a psalm of David, and one that has been turned to music on more than one occasion, so you may recognize this one. It is a song of praise. Now, unlike last week, which was a song of praise for what God had done specifically in David's life, this is a song of praise about God, especially God the Creator, that isn't as specific in terms of what you have done for me, but more about God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words into the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. Just stopping there for a second. Basically, David is proclaiming the praise of God the Creator and all of the wonderful things that he has made in the sun being a particularly useful thing because it does bring us a lot of warmth and the earth because it gives us a very comfortable place to stand rather than being floating out there in space. But he is also saying that all of God's creation, the skies proclaim the work of his hands, that all of God's creation bears witness to him. Now that theme is also picked up in the New Testament. I think of Romans 1, for instance, where Paul raises that theme and says that all creation bears witness to God. And so no one can claim to be ignorant of the existence of God because the creation talks of the creator. That may or may not be your personal experience, but having just been in the Sierras and just been through Yosemite, I certainly understand what David is talking about here. As I look at those majestic sceneries, I think of the Creator and I think of the beauty and wonder of creation. And I think that was probably even more so since we visited two radio telescopes, and so we got to look upwards also at the skies and think about galaxies and novas and supernovas and quasars and just what a little tiny thing we are in this whole big picture of things. In the skies, God has pitched a tent for the sun. Now, certainly David's cosmology is a little different than my understanding, but we understand what he's saying here, which is that God has set things in order, that God has created the sun and the moon and the stars and all of these things for his glory. I think also of when Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and they say, stop your people from yelling Hosanna, and he says... If they didn't cry out, the very rocks would cry out that all of creation bears witness to God. Going forward, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. 
Now, it's interesting. When we talk about law, we tend to talk about it, I would say, in where I live, from a very American-centric view, a Western-centric view, which says law is that thing which constrains us. Legalistic is a very bad term because law is bad. And that's a very Protestant thing as well, I think. But when David looks at the law of the Lord, he doesn't see a rule book. He sees order and he sees something that is refreshing and trustworthy and gives joy. What a very different view of law. And when I think of that, think of the first section there that we were talking about God putting things in order. And then we come into this section talking about the law of the Lord. And I would like to encourage you to think of the law of the Lord as being God's directions that would make where we live as ordered and as beautiful as the heavens and the earth that he created. So what I mean by that is that when we live together in harmony with one another, when I am not trying to covet your wife and you are not trying to covet my stuff and I'm not bearing false witness against you and you're not trying to steal my stuff and I'm not trying to kill you, that is better, that is more beautiful than when the opposite is going on. When things are the way they should be, the way that God wants them to be in our relationship between us and him and our relationship between you and me, that that is a more wonderful, refreshing, wise, joyful place to be. And so I think these two sections are similar. It's talking about God putting things in the right places in creation, and then God putting us in the right relationships between us and him and between us and each other. And David looks at that and he says, good, perfect, trustworthy, right, radiant, pure. Law is not a bad thing. Law is something that is moving us in a direction of a better community, of a better church, of a better world. And then continuing on, they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. David continues to muse on here on the value of the Lord's law, precious, more precious than gold, more sweeter than honey, but then gets into this thing that says it's hard to keep the law. And I understand that there may be things that I have done that I didn't even mean to screw up. Lord, keep me from keep me from my errors, keep me from my sin, keep me from my faults. But also, he says, I understand that there are things that I do willfully. The things that I didn't do accidentally, I purposely thumbed my nose at God, turned my back on him, and did what I wanted myself. He says, may these not rule over me. May I not choose to be a slave to my own sin, to my own desires, whether that be lust or gluttony or malice or jealousy or whatever those desires may be. May those not rule in my heart. Well, why not? 
because it is the place of God to rule in my heart instead. And any time I supplant him with one of those own desires, I make myself and or I make my desires a God over me. But he says, may I not do that. May I not be guilty of hidden faults nor of willful sins, but instead be blameless and innocent. And then he looks up at God and says, may the words that come out of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and everything that I think about the things that I value, heart being the things that I care about, may all of that be pleasing in your sight. Not just what I do, but what I do in private, what I do in secret that you don't see. God will see those things, and he says, may all of those things give glory to you. May they be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. Those words that are similar to words that came up in last week's psalm, rock that on which I build, that which is my firm foundation, and redeemer, the one who paid the price to save me out of debt or out of slavery. With that, I pray that you may build your house on the rock this week and bring honor to your redeemer and mine. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. I would be curious if you leave a comment. Leave a comment. Where do you feel closest to God? Is it in church? Is it at home? Is it holding a newborn child? Is it out in Yosemite? And as always, thanks so much for listening. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.